starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is life
church this morning. Come on. Well, welcome to Vineyard, everyone. My name is Parker. I'm so glad that you're here. I do want to give a special shout out, though, to our first and second time guests. Can we welcome them, everybody? Come on. We're so excited that you're here. Uh, we actually have a gift for you, so if you did not get your gift, you want to make sure you stop by the info desk on your way out. It's right in the cafe. we got a blue bag with some goodies in it. You don't want to miss it. Also, today, someone say today, is Growth Track Step 1. Right after this service, lunch is provided, uh, so that's fun. And if you've got kids, you don't got to worry about them. Just keep them in kids' ministry. Um, but here's the cool thing. If you've been asking yourself, how do I get more involved here at Vineyard? How can I participate um, in the things that they are doing? Growth Track's the way to do that. So you'll see this banner in the hallway when you walk out, but, but head right there and, and, and they'll take care of you, we promise. Also, Wednesday is first Wednesday, everybody. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, last month we had a party first Wednesday. This month is the last party uh, first Wednesday of the summer. Uh, so you don't want to miss it. It starts at 7 p.m. There's going to be bounce houses for the kids, snow cones for all ages. Come on, popcorn. And there's even a jousting that any age can play. So if you're trying to see me in jousting, be at first Wednesday. Um, also, two weeks, serve day is happening. And if you've never been around here when we do serve day, it's just a Saturday of the year that we highlight uh, serving the community. And there's going to be a ton of projects um, on the serve day app that you can download. But we just want to encourage you to participate in that. Um, you can actually grab a shirt on your way out if you if you it's the same shirt that they are every year. So if you don't have one, you can grab your size in the hallway um, on your way out. It is free. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, it's a really exciting. Uh, if you're in a small group, talk to your small group leader about what project you guys are doing together. Um, and then next Sunday, we're doing something kind of pretty exciting. Um, it is BYOB, everybody. Bibles. Bring your own Bibles. Okay. Where did your mind go? I don't know. This is this is a church. Uh, um, just kidding. Well, no, really. Come next week with a physical Bible if you have one. We're we're just starting a new series. We're actually going to physically go through them. So. Um, I'm really excited. I am a digit. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. All right. I, I know I love the Bible app, but I, there's something special about highlighting with an actual highlighter. So, so come through next week if you have one. But if you want to learn more about what we're doing, there will be a QR code on the screen and on the backs of every chair. Just take your phone with the camera, scan that. It's got announcements, a digital copy of today's outline, um, and anything you could possibly want from our website. Why don't you go ahead and take a couple moments, meet a couple people you did not come to church with, tell them you're excited to see them, they look good, and then you can have a seat. My name is Kalika and I serve on our entrance youth team. We're so glad that you're here. If this is your first time visiting us, then we have a welcome guide just for you. And if you didn't get it on the way in, then visit the info desk right after service. 
Inside the Welcome Guide, you can read about our church as well as what's available like free coffee, kids' services, and our Connect card, which is also located at the back of the chair in front of you. You can fill that with any information that you're comfortable sharing, and at the end of each service, you can put that card in the clear box near the auditorium doors. We'll separate your prayer requests from the rest of the information for your privacy and pray over each prayer request this week. For digital options, you can scan this QR code or visit vineyardchurch.com connect. We believe that God has given every one of us unique gifts and talents to fulfill the specific purpose that he created us for. And if you want to learn more about the gifts that he's given you, then make plans to join us at step three of our Vineyard Growth Track. Growth Track is our monthly four-step process designed to help you take your next steps in your relationship with God and reach your full potential. At the third step of Growth Track, you'll get to take a personality profile and spiritual gifts assessment. Then we'll be able to uncover your unique designs that can point you towards your purpose. Step three begins immediately after So glad you guys are here, and welcome to those of you that are watching online. Great. Well, I have the privilege today of ending our series, concluding the Running with the Giants series, right, where we've been exploring different men and women in the Bible that are not as notable, right? They don't have all the fanfare, but they teach us some really intense truths about the kingdom of God, and so we can learn a lot by looking at their, their lives. And actually, these are some of the folks that are in that Hebrews 12 with a great cloud of witnesses. And I believe that they're here to cheer us on to be able to run the race that God has for each and every one of us, right? To fulfill the purpose why he has given us life. And so today my character is going to be Mary of Bethany, right? And so I know you're like, who 
is she, right? And stuff. And so there are a lot of Marys in the Bible, right? There's Mary, mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and so forth. Well, anyway, Mary of Bethany is a, a character we're going to look at today. She's only mentioned three places in the Bible, right? Three places. And so what I want you to see out of those three places, some of the truths that she teaches us, because she's a great example or model on how to become a fully devoted Christ follower, right? So she has these nuggets of truth that she's going to drop down and show us if we uh, have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, right? Then, then we'll be able to take away from her life the encouragement and the direction on how to grow in our relationship with Jesus. Now, it is always my custom to, uh, to open in prayer. So if you bow your heads, I'm going to do that right now. Thank you, Father. Gracious Lord, how caring and loving you are. And I thank you, Father, for all that you're doing, Lord. I, I thank you for uh, this weekend and the celebration that we have with the 4th of July, that you have given us this independence, Father, and uh, caused our country to be blessed in so many different ways. And so, Father, I ask that just uh, like this weekend, that this message could be one of celebration for all the gifts that you have given us, that we would take this character, Father, and that we'd be able to see in her life, Lord, how to become a follower of you, how to devote our whole self to you. Now, Father, I cannot do anything, but with the Holy Spirit, we can do all things. And so, Father God, I invite the Holy Spirit here as you have taught me would you come and rest in each person's heart? Would you pull away any distractions in the name of Jesus? And would you cause them, Father, to focus in on what it is that you have brought them here to hear? I thank you, Lord, for all the work that you will do in advance. For you are a loving God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, we are going to talk about Mary of Bethany. And so these three stories, three places that we read about Mary, right? The first one is where I'm going to show you and go in depth, but the first one is where she's hanging out with her older sister, Martha, right? That's when we first get introduced to her. And then the second one is when she is uh, hanging out and uh, do, having a tragedy, which is her brother, Lazarus, dies, and we watch her reaction. And then the last one is her devotion towards Christ um, as he is getting ready to face the cross. And I tell you those three because... They seem somewhat disconnected, but here you go. I want you to focus on the character and how she responds in those because in that you find this great model and you find practical things, just so practical that you can take and walk out with you in, in, in today and actually grow closer to the Lord, okay? So let's take a look at Mary of Bethany, right? By the way, Bethany is not her last name, <laughs> okay? She's a Mary, and because there's so many, it's Mary who lives in Bethany, okay? So Mary uh, of Bethany models how to, the first thing we're going to look at, she models for us how to build a relationship with God, how to build one, right, and stuff. And uh, what I want you to know, that first uh, step that we're getting into taking a look at her, what you need to know is that Jesus is about midway in his uh, walk here on earth, right? And so he's growing in his notoriety right? He's known as a mover and a shaker. And so uh, he has these 72 disciples. He, he sends out to all the towns and villages and says, let them know I'm coming, right? And so everybody's in this hubbub about Jesus, uh, you know, touring and going around and talking and, and kind of challenging everybody and, 
and opening up the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And so we see this uh, taking place where he's going to this town called Bethany, right? And so while he's there, he's going to run into this woman who's purposely wanting to meet him, and that is Martha, right? Martha, he's going to, uh, she wanted to meet him because he was a very influential man, and she wanted to see what is all this hubbub about. So she goes there to introduce herself, and then once she's talking with him, she decides to invite him and the disciples to come over for dinner, right? And so because in this culture, in this time, being hospitable was huge, just huge, right? And so uh, she's going to invite him to come over and to eat with her. Now, uh, when she's there, right, when he's coming over, she's going to run home first, and she's got to get everything perfect, right, girls? When we have something important come, we want our house to look nice and stuff. So she's at home. She's cooking it up, and, you know, she's got people helping her, and, and she's got a sister named Mary, Mary of Bethany, and she's telling her what to do because that's what big sisters do, right, and stuff. And then we also see her uh, Lazarus there, but really we're not focused on him. We're focused on the two girls. And so Mary is busily at work with him. Jesus comes in with the 12, and he starts to talk. And then that just blows Mary's mind away. And so Mary forgets herself. You see, in this culture, Mary is supposed to be the servant. She's serving food. She's following her sister and doing all the proper things. All of a sudden, when she listens to Jesus, she, she just, she's like, mind blow. I just got to sit down and take in what's happening here, right? And so she comes, and she, uh, she sits down at the feet of Jesus. Well, you know. When her sister Martha sees that, she's like, get over here, girl, right? Trying to pull her around and stuff. But Mary is so intrigued. She's like, no, no, I just got to hear this. I got to hear this. This is, this is just mind-blowing. This is shattering. I just got to hear it. So she sits down. Well, Martha gets angry, right? And so Martha says, but Martha was uh, distracted by all the preparations that had been made that day. And she came to him, which is Jesus, and she asked, Lord, <laughs> don't you care about my sister to do all the work by myself? Come tell her to help me, right? I love that. I love it. I can see Martha and myself, right? I love it. And so she's like, she's like correcting Jesus. Like, if you want hot food, you want a place to sit, you better tell that girl to get her butt in here and help me, right? Well, here you go. It goes on. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. Listen, here's a little tidbit. If God calls you twice, you better be listening, right? <laughs> Martha, Martha, ay, ay, ay. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one, only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her, Amen. right? And so what we see here is that Mary is sitting down at the feet of Jesus. That's what's happening here. And she's taking it all in, and she's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, look what I'm learning, look what I'm finding out, right? Because Jesus is going to challenge, he's challenging the, the status quo, the cultural norms, even allowing Mary to come and sit at his feet and learn from him. The rabbi, the teacher, was a big deal in that, in that culture, right? here is that really Jesus now is beginning to challenge the culture and Mary is going to be one who accepts that challenge 
Martha cannot accept it. She cannot get her eyes off of what the culture says. Oh, I'm supposed to be a good hostess. Oh, my goodness, i got to have good food. i got to have places. Oh, no, oh, no, right? And you can just see it. And Mary's like, oh, my gosh, this isn't important. This isn't important. So she sits down to listen, right? Listen, guys, I think that the Lord is teaching that to us today, to be more like Mary, to slow down, to listen. Because our culture, how you were brought up, teaches us, you know, all these norms and traditions and things that we're supposed to be doing. And yet Jesus wants to come in and he wants to bring a different paradigm, which is a different way of thinking, right? And he wants to challenge us. But unless you sit down and you begin to look at his word, right, you, you can't figure it out. You need to be able to slow down. Well, what do you mean, Sharon? Well, here you go. The culture that we live in tells us to run under after power, prestige, and possessions, doesn't it? I call it my deadly three Ps, right? And so it tells us to run after them, to make your life all about seeking these things, right? But look at what God has to say in his word about power. He says, you know that those who are regarded as rulers over the Gentiles, that's us, right? Just regular folk. Exercise authority over them, right? It's the boss pushing down the masses, right? That's what that's talking about. He goes, listen, if you belong to me, this is not how I want you to lead. This is not so with me. Instead, whoever wants to become great amongst you must be the servant. He's got to be or she has to be a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so then there's the mind blow, right? Here you go. The new paradigm is this is how I want you to lead as a servant leader, right? And so Jesus is challenging. This is what Mary's listening to. And she's like, whoa, uh, I've never heard that, right? And so he's challenging her with that. Here you go. Here's another one where he challenges, you know, all those possessions we like to have, right? Bigger houses, nicer cars, the latest iPhone. <laughs> I got you on that one right? Here you go. This is, what, this is what Jesus says about those things. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, right? Where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Now, he's challenging us. He's saying, hey, that iPhone is going to go out in just about six months, right? Why spend so much money on that thing? I, I know I'm, I'm offending people, but too bad. And then, and then, or how about the brand new car? Got to get one that plugs in now so you can be culturally right, right? We got all these things coming out. He said, no, 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 they're just going to they're just gonna fall apart, right? They don't really matter. That bigger house is just more thieves want to break in, right? And so he's talking to us about the things, the possessions we run after that our culture sets and tells us to run after. He says, here you go. This is to us. But instead, I want you to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, in heaven, now he's going to contrast it with earthly treasures, where neither rust nor moth destroys, and where these do not break in and steal. Now, he's he's contrasting. He's saying the the treasures in heaven are where he wants us to focus. He wants us to be looking into into his word and into how does he want us to behave, right? Not to be so focused on the, the possessions of life. And why? Why is this so important? This last phrase tells you why. For where your treasure is, if it's earthly, it's on earth. If it's in heaven, it's in heaven, right? There your heart will be also. And so now he's talking to us about a heart condition. 
And so we need to know that these paradigm shifts that God wants us to take, that you and I can only do them if we do what Mary does, which is sit at the feet of Jesus and receive what he has. And that's going to cause us to slow down. We're going to have to slow down in order to do that. So she models how to have a right relationship with God, right? By sitting at his feet, by listening to what he says, and by accepting the challenges to our culture that he brings out, right? Okay, so Mary also is going to show us how to trust in uncertain times in our life. How to trust Jesus. Well, you know, if you haven't already gone through their times in your life or issues that have come up, right? You will. <laughs> it's inevitable. It's part of life. Where you run into things and you're like, whoa, wasn't expecting this. Or something hits you so hard that you feel like you can't get up. You can hardly breathe, right? And you're like, what the heck just happened? Right? God, are you mad at me or something? Right? Because you can feel it. You know, I talk in, uh, and share a story in Growth Track 1 uh, with folks about who we are and how we came to be. And in there, I relay a story about my three-year-old son at the time. I have three boys, and the youngest one is David. He was only three at the time. And uh, Andy and I had taken him on a, a vacation, all, all of our boys. And while we were there on vacation, we lost the littlest one, <laughs> David, who was three. And we lost him for about three hours. And I panicked. I panicked. I just became unglued, right? I was frantically searching him everywhere. And I can remember running back and forth and inside. I'm like, God, where are you? Where are you? You got to be here. Where are you? Why, why did you let this happen, right? Don't you know that I'm your daughter? Don't you love me? What's going on, right? All that chaos because I had lost something that I dearly loved and didn't know how I would breathe without it. And so these issues happen. Well, such an issue happened with Mary, right? But we're going to see it through the death of her brother, uh, Lazarus. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you on this, this journey with me through the scriptures, and we're going to stay in John for this one. And I want to show you, I'm just hopping through that story. It's very beautiful the way it's uh, all in detail. I just don't have time today. But I want to take you there, and I want you to see that when Lazarus got sick, the little brother, they, uh, Mary and Martha sent a word up to Jesus, said, Hey, Jesus, you know, the people you love, we're in need. Come on, come on back here and help us, right? Now watch what Jesus does here. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. Hmm. So he's making a statement here. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And so there was a purpose to this pain that's about to happen. Jesus loved Mary and her sister, which, I mean Martha and her sister Mary, that's what that is, and Lazarus. I think they put that in there because, here you go, here's what's going to happen. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed uh, where he was for two more days. Doesn't feel very loving, does it? Right? That's why he, they put up here that he loved them. Uh, and then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judah, which is right there where Bethany is, right? And so what I want you to see here is that Jesus uh, is delaying on purpose, right? And, of course, Mary and, 
and uh, you know, Martha, they don't understand this. All they know is they cried out for Jesus and he didn't show right away and the brother dies. They've had to go through a funeral and bury him now, right? So it's pretty traumatic. So Jesus comes back in and it's four days later. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And so Mary, uh, Martha actually, hears that he's coming in. So she doesn't tell her sister Mary, right? Martha decides, I'm going to go and talk to Jesus, right? And I love the conversation she has with him. Why? Because pay attention. This is what we tend to do, right? This is what we tend to do. Take a look at this one. In John 11, it says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, this is the heart cry. This is the soul that, that pangs and it hurts when something traumatic happens to us and we don't understand it, right? And so she's expressing that. But then she catches herself and says, wait a minute, wait a minute. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you asked, right? And so, so I believe that she's like, okay, wait a minute, I don't have enough faith. I got to say this over here, right? Because she wants to believe that Jesus can actually do something. And Jesus, I love this because I can just see it. Jesus looking her right in the eyes, right in the eyes. And he said to her, your brother will rise again, right? He will rise again. And Martha answered, because she could see that, and she's like, uh, conundrum, paradigm shift. She hasn't taken that journey yet. And so she says, I know, intellectually, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So she answers him in the intellect, doesn't she? She's trying to understand exactly what's happening here. Now, Jesus goes to correct her. He says, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He's trying to teach her something now. From mind to mind, right? The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then I love this. He looks right at her and says, do you believe this? Whoa. Do you believe this? You can feel it kind of hanging in the air. And, and, and Martha's looking and she's thinking, my brother's dead. And you're here, and I hurt. And no, it's not enough to know up here anymore. So you know what the scripture says? Martha, she walks away. She can't handle it. She can't, because there's no paradigm change that's taken place, right? All she knows is what's been taught to her growing up. And so now she's confronted with this dark place, right? This place of uncertainty, and she can't handle it. She just kind of walks away. She goes back to the house, and she tells Mary, Hey, Mary, Jesus is here and he's asking for you, right? And so here you go. Now, here's the contrast. Mary, upon hearing that Jesus is here, she jumps up. And she doesn't just like meander there. She runs full force, right? Matter of fact, she startles the people that were mourning with her. They think that she's lost her emotional mind, right? And that she's going to grieve at the tomb. And so people begin to follow her out. Right? And she runs to where Jesus was, the same place that Martha met Jesus. Now watch this dialogue here. This dialogue here. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, that old familiar place, she fell at his feet. Do not let that get by you. She fell at his feet. The one she loved and adored, the one who radically challenged her, right, for paradigm shifting, the one she was learning all about, 
right? She fell at his feet and she's like, I don't get this. Help! Because her soul cried just as much as Martha's did, right? Just as much. And she was crying out to the Lord and, that, and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And so the soul cries out, please help. Please help me to understand this, right? And so you can almost feel the raw emotions of, of that crying uh, out, please help me. And I love how Jesus responds to her because Jesus didn't respond to her like Martha from the intellect to talk about he's the resurrection and the life, right? Which is all true. No, indeed, he goes right to where Mary is. And this is what I love, love, love about this story. Here you go. When Jesus saw her weeping, crying out, right? All that emotion, just please, please help me. He was moved, deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. Didn't Jesus, did he forget what he was doing? Of course he didn't forget. But he was there, he saw the beloved. He saw Mary and he felt her pain. He empathized with her. And he felt inside the immensity of where she was at. And so he did not chastise her. He did not try to intellectualize anything. He didn't even come with scriptures. He just felt her pain. And we know this because it says, he says to the people, where have you laid him? Right? He doesn't even address Mary. He can just see that. And he asks, he said, he asked, come and see, Lord. And then as Jesus walked over there, it says that simply he wept. Jesus wept. You know, I, I'm not like the most fantastic scholar, but you know that one? That, that like, I'm like, why? Why did you cry? Why did you weep? You knew you were gonna, you're going to do something miraculous here. Why? And here's the story that I think he wants you to understand. Jesus gets it. He gets it when you and I are facing these dark, hard places. He gets us. And he's not going to, to criticize you or intellectualize you or anything. What he's going to do is he gets right down there in the muck and mire of the emotions and he sits with you and he cries with you. That's the compassion that, that Jesus has for us. That's the love that he has for us. It's an amazing, amazing reaction that he has. You know, in this story, Jesus does go over and he does uh, call Lazarus to come out of the tomb, right? In, in the midst of all the criticism of people around him saying, <laughs> he opened the blind eyes, but he can't heal his friend. Lazarus couldn't even make it here before he died, right? Except, but Jesus pushed past all that, all of that. And then he calls Lazarus forth. And he calls him forth, you know, to roll away the stone. He calls him forth. And Lazarus walks out of the grave alive, right? Man, mind-blowing. Paradigm shift. Oh, yeah. Right? And he shows that he is power. And that he is connected to the God that has sent him there to do, to do something here. And so he grabs the attention of everybody around him because now a dead person has been brought back to life. Right? And so this earth-shattering event that's going on, what, what's happening when he goes to call uh, Lazarus out after they rolled away the tomb, you know, Martha is going, mm, not a good idea, Jesus. It kind of stinks. That's actually what she says in the word, right? Again, I tell you that because there's so many of us that get caught up in what we've been taught all of our lives. 
that's contrary to what God wants us to see. And unless you challenge it, you're going to be stuck there, right? And so we need to be like Mary, who was uh, quiet. What was she doing? She was saying, I believe, Lord God, I trust in you. I lean on you with all my heart. I do not lean on my own understanding. I'm going to acknowledge you in everything that you're doing because I believe something good is going to come. I, I believe it, Lord. I have faith for it, right? Because she's devoted to him. She doesn't know what it is. And so when her brother comes out, it's huge. Matter of fact, there's a piece in scripture that says that the mourners that were there at the time, they were all Mary's friends, a lot of them. And they all came to know Jesus because of Mary, because of what they saw with Mary, right? And so you need to know that, that the way we conduct ourselves in the time of crisis is huge. It's huge. Remember when I told you I lost my son, my three-year-old son, for, for three hours, right? And I was frantically searching and just really wondering where God was, right? Well, I was like Martha. I had to put that memory aside because it just hurt too bad, right? I, I tried to intellectualize. I tried to scripturalize it. <laughs> it didn't want to happen, right? So I had to take it and set it aside because it made no sense to me, right? Well, uh, years later, as I was sitting before the Lord and reading the Bible and talking with him and praying with him, talking with him, and uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit came on me and said, I want you to remember when you lost baby David, which is the three-year-old. I was like, oh, God, I can't do that. It's just I put that away. That's like too painful, God, right? And the Holy Spirit kept prodding me, and I was like, okay, all right, I'll do that. So I recounted all the tragedy of that day and the emotions, and I can remember almost hyperventilating as I was remembering. And in the sobs and tears, I was like, God, where were you? You left me. And that's when I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, I never left you. I was always there for you. I walked with you. I didn't cause that to happen, but I want to show you something with this. And I was like, all right. And then he said, you know how you were feeling at losing your son? So frantic, wondering how you were going to ever be able to walk again, even let alone breathe, if you was not, you know, if we weren't able to find him? I was like, yes, Lord. Because Sharon, that is how I feel about everybody that is far from me. That's how I feel. That's how I feel for people that are far from me, that are lost. And I, all of a sudden, I got it. I've been reading scripture all my life. But in that moment, I got it. God, you really love people. Yes, Sharon, I do. And I, for the first time, my eyes were opened up big and wide. And I was like, oh gosh, I see this. I see it. And then he reminded me how in my frantic search, I had a whole group of people that were just watching me run around trying to, trying to locate my son and, and just frantic, right? And they were like watching me and Andy like we were on a motion picture, like, oh, isn't that interesting, right? And stuff, and they weren't helping. And so I remembered all that and remember the frustration I felt. He said, Sharon, those people that were watching you, it's like the church. I go, what? He goes, yeah, they just don't understand the importance of finding the lost. And I, it just shook me. I was like, oh, gosh. That's why you told us to be on mission. That's why here at the Vineyard, we're about trying to be a contemporary extension of the news of Jesus Christ to everybody in the world. We're trying to find the lost, those that are separated or far from God. 
And we're trying to help them to come home so they can discover the purpose that God has for them. This is the mission of the vineyard. Do you see that? And it's not just some fancy little words. Those are things that are burned and seared into my heart and into the fabric and the being of this church. You see, when I meet people in the street, when I meet people at the grocery store, right? When I, when I, when I meet people all around and I'm listening to them and I see them lost and far from God, do you know what I see? I see a weeping Jesus. And so that helps me just to step right over any barrier I have because my devotion and love for Christ. You see, Mary teaches us something very, very important here, that, that it's in those times, those hard places, those trials, those tribulations, if we will but trust Jesus with them, he can show us things that we never could access and get to any other way, right? And so she's very impacting and helping uh, this ordinary girl find the extraordinary plan and purpose that God has for her life. Now, this next thing that she shows us, and the last one is to make, uh, to make Jesus Lord of your life. She shows us how we can go about doing this. And in this last scene, what I want you to know in the scriptures, it's more to the end of the scriptures, it's talking about... Um, it's talking about Jesus in the latter part of his ministry, right? He's getting ready to celebrate the Passover. So he's going down to Jerusalem to do this. Now, we know from Scripture that it's there that he gets crucified, okay? But they don't know it back here uh, where he's at. So he decides on his journey that way, he's going to stop off at a friend's house, uh, Simon the Leopard. And it's there that he's going to eat with uh, Martha and Lazarus, right? And then Mary breaks in on the scene. And what makes this thing so come alive here, right? That we see the total devotion of what does it mean to be able to make Jesus Lord of your life? You actually start to see it unfold here. When Mary took, uh, she, when Mary came in, right? She wasn't there at first, but she took a pint of pure nard, right? Which is very expensive perfume. And then different, different scriptures say that it was an alabaster jar because it was so very, uh, very uh, expensive, right? Uh, back in this day, they would use things like uh, uh, perfumes and, and, and pearls and things like that to, to hide their wealth in or to put their wealth in, right? So what she's saying here is that she took her dowry. It'd be like our 401k, right? She took it all, took it off the shelf, right? She goes over to Jesus, right? And what she's going to do is she poured it on Jesus' feet, Right? Other scriptures and different gospels say that, uh, that this woman, is what they call her, poured the nard or the perfume over his head, right? But I believe, here you go, I believe that John, in the gospel of John, which is what I'm reading out of, he goes to the feet. Why? Because that's where Mary found her devotion, was at the feet. And so he says, she poured it on his feet and wiped them with her hair. Isn't that a beautiful picture? So she's, she's down at his feet, and she's taking the most precious thing she has, her all, and she's pouring it on his feet. And then she's taking her hair, and she's wiping his feet. She's like saying, Jesus, you're my past, you're my present, and you're my future. You're my everything. And as she rubbed her hair and rubbed his feet, do you know what happens? She begins to smell like Jesus. That's right. Her and Jesus now smell the same 
See, she's becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, right? And she's wiping her hair and wiping his feet, and all of a sudden the fragrance, the fragrance fills the house with a sweet smell of perfume, right? And it's permeating. Listen, when you and I dare to show that level of devotion to Jesus Christ, what happens is it changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere of everything around us. It was permeated by his spirit, right? And I tell you what, it upsets people too, right? When they see that total devotion, even for Mary, that she, she went to that beautiful, precious act. Do you know the disciples started criticizing her, right? They started criticizing, can you believe that, right? Right, and you know who the chief criticizer was? Judas. Judas criticized her because of the devotion and so he makes a That's what I love, right? Jesus comes to the rescue for Mary. He says this, leave her alone, boys, right? Leave her alone, said Jesus. The poor you will have with you always, and you can uh, help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. You'll not always have me. Now, here's what I think is interesting. He's going to give the reason behind the poor. Do you, you know, the pouring of the oil. Now, here's this. Listen to this. I don't believe that somebody can find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior unless the Holy Spirit is moving in their life. Unless Father releases that information to you, you cannot know it, right? This is the importance of prayer. This is the importance of reading our Bible. That's why our next series is all about reading our Bible, right? It's important. And so what I want you to see here is that that he's going to give the reason for this, uh, this act of love. She burial. And so what I want you to see here is that Jesus is saying she's got it. She knows what's going on here. She knows what's going on here, right? Now, again, Father God had to send the Holy Spirit to, to tell her that because if not, then, then it didn't make any sense, right? But Jesus got it. He saw God's hand on her. Now, here's what I love, love about this thing here, right? This story is because in this day and this time, women were not allowed to be anything but a servant. They, they weren't allowed to really own property or have any identity at all. Yet, here you go, God himself has bestowed on Mary of Bethany the ability to be a disciple. She is representing to all of us today, right, what it means to be a fully devoted Christ follower and I tell you what, as a girl, I love it, right? I love that example. It's inspirational. She inspires me. I want to love Jesus like she loves him, right? And so what I see here is, is this quiet, subtle way of looking at this giant and what she has given to us today is this ability to know what it looks like to be a fully devoted Christ follower. And I just think that's it's just marvelous. Marvelous. Now, here you go. If the story ended there, we'd be like, yay, right? But watch what Jesus does for her. Here you go. I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, right? It's talking about legacy here. What she has done will also be told in memory of who? Of her. Not Jesus, of her, right? So here you go. Mary stored up treasures in heaven. Do you see that? Mary understood to be the greatest in the kingdom of God was to become the servant. 
You see, Mary understood that even in the dark places, she would find her comfort in the compassionate feet of Jesus Christ. Mary, Mary learned that Jesus was worthy to give her past failures, her present conundrums, right, and her future. She gave it all to Jesus. She laid it all out for him. And I tell you what, she calls out to us. Now, there's some of you, you might be watching online, you might be in this audience, right? Here's the deal. I believe that Father God loves you. <laughs> I hear that, and he's looking for you. He's looking for you like I look for my son, right? And he is unconsolable because you're too far away from him, and he's calling you home. And that might be a recommit. That might mean for the first time you answer a call. I don't know, but I can feel the call coming, right? And in a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to indicate that you want to pray that prayer, right? I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and let me know that you want to pray that. And here you go. I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy, but people often ask, why are you raising hands, Sharon? Well, because I believe that we do not fight against flesh and blood but against spiritual powers in high places. And so when you dare to stand up for Jesus and you raise your hand, you're saying, no, I belong to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is mine and I am his. Do you see that? And it pushes something back in the spiritual realm. That's why we do that. And for those of you watching online, if you're watching on uh, the, the live app, you can just hit a little button there that popped up. It says, I'm going to give my life to Christ, and uh, I encourage you to do that. And you can also let us know that you're doing that by instant messaging us. All right? All right, now I'm going to go back into a time of just getting before the Lord and praying, and uh, I'm just going to pray what's on my heart. Okay? So why don't you guys bow your heads with me, and let's go seeking the Father's heart together. Oh, Holy Spirit, I love the fact that you're here. You are everything. And we are nothing, but you have made us the king's kids. And so Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come, that you would even come more. For it is you and you alone that we desire. So right now, Holy Spirit, breathe. Bring down the walls. Bring in the peace. I thank you, Father. Father's calling home. He's calling some of you to come back. You've gotten too far. You're far from him. And some of you, you, you listen to me talk about Jesus like he's my best friend. He can be your best friend also. That's the kind of intimacy and relationship he wants. And so those of you that are in this audience, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to slip up your hand and let me know. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer but it's one that'll make all the difference in the world. In that place of hearing what the Lord is saying. And those of you online, you'll have an opportunity also to hit that button. Okay, so if you want to pray a prayer with me and come home to a father who's been seeking you for a long time, who's not comforted by anything but your presence he wants you he wants that intimate relationship with you what i want you to do right now is i want you to stick your hand up high kind of give it a wave so i can see it 
is, Father. Pour of you, Holy Spirit. That's you. Father loves you so very, very much. Go ahead and hit that button. Okay, and pull your hands down. Just repeat after me right where you're at. It's not magical words. They make all the difference in the world because they expose one's heart. You just say, Father God, I'm coming home. I accept your son, Jesus Christ, as my Savior, the forgiver of my sins. I'm so glad you love me. I'm so glad you came looking for me. that you would show them and release to them, Father, the mysteries of the kingdom of God, that they would become one with you, like Mary did when she wiped her hair over your feet, that you and her became one. And so, Father, I ask that you would just do that now for them. And, Father, my heart has been so burdened all week for those that have gone through traumatic events and have set them aside for fear, Father, of them and losing control. And yet I hear you, Father, you say, if we yield our pain to you, that you'll bring purpose. And so Holy Spirit, we can only do it with your help. Would you come and help people to recognize that? That you are worthy, Father, of them being able to, to give you the pains in their life and that they can find freedom there and find purpose. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's nothing sweeter in life than your Holy Spirit. And you are so needed and so welcomed here today. Yes, Father. Now be glorified in all that we do today and how we spend this weekend, Lord. May we taste of the freedoms that you give us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, guys, well, we're going to get ready to do a transition, right? And in our transition, uh, those of you that gave your life to Christ are prayed with me. You want to you wanna tell somebody about it. If you're here in the audience, you can, you know, you can write on those little cards and say, you know, I raised my hand. I accepted Christ. Oh, I hear that. Even if you didn't raise your hand and you were praying with me, God said he saw that. You can write in and just fill out that card and put it in the clear box as you're leaving so that we can get that. Also, we have prayer after service, and I'll be up here to pray. And you can come and talk to me. I'm so, so willing to talk to anybody. All right? Now, uh, those of you watching online, you can in instant message us, and we'll get that, and then we'll respond back. And uh, if you've given your life to Christ and you haven't taken Grow Track today, you'll want to do that. We begin Growth Track 1, and I know it's a holiday, right? But we're still here. Pastor Andy's teaching that class, and so it's sure to be a lot of fun. All right? Very good. Now I'm going to ask everybody to stand up and 
And uh, as you see right now on the screens, they're flashing up how to, how to contribute. If you'd like to do that, uh, you can most certainly take one of those different ways and do that at any time during or after the service. Okay? So here you go. Every, every month at the beginning of the month, we like to pray for the folks that actually call this their church home. And, and in, in faith, you have been uh, uh, helping to support it. Okay, And so I want to pray a special blessing over all of you guys. So what I'm going to ask you to do is just stand in front of yourself and just kind of put your hand out. Because I'm going to put a gift. It's called a gift of prayer. And put it right in your hands. Okay? Yes. I know that. I hear that. Why the symbol? Because you're receiving something. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I ask that you would come right now, Lord God. I thank you for every heart that believes in you, Lord God, and that they are putting their treasures in heaven, Father God, that they are giving out, of, not out of their increase, but out of their uh, heart, Father, that they are placing it before your throne. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move upon them, Lord, in the area of finance especially, and that you would provide for them, pressed down, shaken up, I see that, and open. you before you leave, so take advantage of that. Thank you again for being with us. We'll see you next time.